I looked at my left arm and I can only describe, I thought that it actually had fallen off. I then thought that I must be dreaming and having a nightmare because it just felt really strange and surreal. And I remember jumping out of bed and then my arm started just, it was flailing around next to me. And I didn't really know or understand why because I didn't think I was moving or that it was even part of me. My husband, I think he'd seen my face come around the corner. His face had also dropped because I didn't actually realise I never looked in the mirror, which I'm thankful for. But I didn't actually realise that my whole left side of my face had dropped as well. So I think because of that, he had a pretty good idea of what was happening. But he didn't actually say that to me at the time, I think, to try to keep me as calm as possible. In the hospital, I was suffering with extreme anxiety because... I, well, I just couldn't believe I'd had a stroke, to be honest, and neither could they, because I just didn't present. I mean, obviously, I had the symptoms with the face drop in the arm and everything, but they were just kind of putting it down to anxiety, so they were just as surprised as I was. I think by the second week, I just felt quite safe in the hospital. If anything was going to happen, I knew people would be around. I didn't actually really prepare myself for when I came home. Even going back in my bedroom and going back in my bed, it was horrible. I am even more grateful in some ways it's given me some strange positivity in the fact that, you know, yes, I've got numbness on my hand, but I feel so very lucky to be here and be with her. I think it's actually given me a bit more of a sense of how lucky I am each day to actually, you know, just be alive and live life. Hello, this is Stroke Stories, and I'm Mark Goodyear. While strokes directly associated with pregnancy are rare, estimates range from 3 to 30 pregnant women in every 100,000 will suffer a stroke, the rising average age of women who are pregnant for the first time means that more work needs to be done into the causes and effects of antenatal strokes. The effects of a stroke on a mother and her baby can be very serious, but there aren't that many resources that women can turn to. We started Stroke Stories, the podcast, to seek out and to hear from stroke survivors. In this episode, we'll hear from Carly Edwards, who suffered a stroke at the age of 36, while 38 weeks pregnant. Before my pregnancy, I had been an extremely active person. I've always really loved fitness, especially running. I'd completed Brighton Marathon three years ago. Prior to that, I'd always completed half marathons. I was really keen, enthusiastic gym goer as well. I've also been a teacher so my, since I was 21. We'd been to the cinema the night before and I woke up at seven o'clock in the morning and I just had a sense that something wasn't quite right. I looked at my left arm and I can only describe, I thought that it actually had fallen off. I then thought that I must be dreaming and having a nightmare because it just felt really strange and surreal and I remember jumping out of bed and then my arm started just it was flailing around next to me and I didn't really know or understand why because I didn't think I was moving or that it was even part of me. I then realised that I wasn't having a bad nightmare and that this was actually happening and I knew that my husband was in the bathroom getting ready for work so I somehow managed to stumble to the bathroom and then I realised when I tried to speak that I actually couldn't get my words out or what I could all I could get out was help me and then my attention was drawn to the fact that you know the baby the baby because all I was really worried about was something was going wrong with the pregnancy 
My husband, I think he'd seen my face come around the corner. His face had also dropped because I didn't actually realise I never looked in the mirror, which I'm thankful for. But I didn't actually realise that my whole left side of my face had dropped as well. So I think because of that, he had a pretty good idea of what was happening. But he didn't actually say that to me at the time. I think to try to keep me as calm as possible. We went back to the bedroom and he was asking me how I was feeling. And I just was saying, please get help, get help. We managed to get through to the ambulance and it then took them 24 minutes to get to me, which felt like an awful long time because I was just so confused and scared. I managed to get downstairs into the lounge by the time the ambulance came and everything that had been happening had kind of stopped to a point by that point. My voice was still very slurred and I still find my words, but I seemed to have more control over my actual arm. Carly's condition was critical. Doctors were working to save the life of not just Carly, but also her unborn baby. I went to A&E and they actually didn't think I'd had a stroke. They were putting it down to, they thought I just had anxiety because of the pregnancy. I was actually then in hospital for another two weeks because the baby was due the week after. And they said that it would be too dangerous for me to have a natural labour so soon to having a stroke. So they had to then arrange um, a C-section delivery under very controlled circumstances. I came out literally a couple of days after she was born. So in total, I was there for about two weeks. Because I was a bit of a case study at the hospital, they've known many women who have strokes after they've given birth is when women who are pregnant are mainly at risk of having a stroke. And they really didn't what they kind of wanted to do with me in terms of the C-section and the different anaesthetic they were going to use. So they changed their minds about two to three times. So they went for the option where they wanted to actually keep me awake. So they gave me an epidural. And when they started the procedure, I could feel too much of what was happening. And so then they had to put me under general anaesthetic anyway. In the hospital, I was suffering with extreme anxiety because I well, I just couldn't believe I'd had a stroke, to be honest, and neither could they because I just didn't present. I mean, obviously, I had the symptoms with the face drop and the arm and everything, but they were just kind of putting it down to anxiety. So they were just as surprised as I was. I think by the second week, I just felt quite safe in the hospital. If anything was going to happen, I knew people would be around. I didn't actually really prepare myself for when I came home. Even going back in my bedroom and going back in my bed, it was horrible. So then I had to kind of try and get to sleep and not worry. So I was on anxiety medication at the time to help with that. It's left me with my whole arm and hand is completely numb. So initially holding the baby, I have no idea how hard I'm grasping something or gripping something, which is always a concern when I was holding her and still hold her now. Also, baby grows are quite fiddly. So having to do poppers up and buttons is can be an absolute nightmare. You don't realise how much you use your sense of touch to do kind of intricate things. I still get food down my face and I don't know it's there, but we laugh our way through that one at the moment. And then fatigue that I get on and off. Obviously, my energy levels are not what they ever used to be. When Carly was home, her main concern was making sure she could look after her new daughter, Lottie. I was trying to breastfeed her because that's what I did with my eldest child because I do have a seven-year-old as well. And actually, I didn't actually say that my second one was actually delivered on the same birthday as my eldest child, which we couldn't believe. So they actually share the same birthday. So when I came home, my eldest struggled because 
she knew mummy wasn't quite right. And obviously mummy had been away for two weeks and I've not been away from home for that long before. She had to learn to be a lot quieter around me, which is difficult for a child. And then in terms of me and the baby, I just didn't have hardly any energy. It got to two weeks in and trying to get up and do night feeds were just, it was just not helping at all. But I think the stroke team came and visited me at home and said, look, you've had a stroke we know you want to breastfeed, but this is just not going to be the right thing for your recovery. You actually need to sleep. You need to give your husband a bottle and he needs to take over because your recovery is going to go better if you obviously allow yourself to have that sleep at night, which was all very well and said. But I also had to get over the fact that I was terrified of going to sleep. But eventually it did get easier and I did find myself going into um, very deep sleeps. So I pretty much missed out on um, all of the night feeds of her the first three months, I think. And my husband was absolutely amazing. So I wouldn't have been able to do it without him. Although it's now well in her past, Carly is still adjusting to life after stroke. I've suffered with anxiety in the past, not anything like that on that level, I think. Being 38 years old and having a stroke, I didn't even know what a stroke was. I just was really naive and just thought it was something to do with the heart. I didn't realise that it was an attack on the brain. I didn't obviously realise how it leaves people and how it can affect them. And mentally how hard it is knowing that you've kind of got to live with the fact that you are at a higher risk of having one. Even though I'm obviously on medication for life now, we still don't kind of know what's actually caused it for a healthy person who's got no risk factors, it's it's quite worrying. All the time that you have symptoms, I think you can never actually really forget about it. You learn to live with them, but it's a constant reminder of what's happened. I am even more grateful. In some ways, it's given me some strange positivity in the fact that, you know, yes, I've got numbness on my hand, but I feel so very lucky to be here and be with her. I think it's actually given me a bit more of a sense of how lucky I am each day to actually, you know, just be alive and live life. Carly's stroke could have had catastrophic consequences. Luckily, both she and daughter Lottie survived and thrived. And Carly has come out of the experience with a more positive outlook and a stronger-than-ever relationship with family and friends. Still to come on Stroke Stories, Carly describes going back to work only two weeks after suffering her stroke. I carried on um, tutoring some of my tutees who would take their 11 plus test that month. I did this mainly because I was really worried that the stroke might have affected my ability to teach maths and English and I also really wanted some normality. The stroke team weren't very happy that I was doing this two weeks within the stroke but it actually kind of helped me realise that obviously I was going to be able to teach again. And she tells us how stroke has changed her identity. I think I am still very much who I was. I'm quite a positive character, but I just struggle with the fact that I was so energetic and I don't think I'll get that same energy level back, which is a shame because I think that's kind of what made me who I am. Let's hear how Carly was able to access support while recovering from her stroke. I was having like occupational therapy on my hand. I think they, it was more that they were more worried about my mental health though afterwards. So they made sure someone came to me each week and kind of did occupational therapy. But she also was speaking to me about how I was and how I was coping. Yeah, they stayed in touch and I'm still under straight services now. So I'm still having tests and things done and have been referred to um, a cardiologist in London now to further look at my heart to see if we can find a cause. 
I also accessed the Stroke Association who would come out and sim a few times and did try and attend a stroke support group but that was only a month within my stroke and actually going and seeing other stroke survivors at that point and how that they had been left from their strokes it was a little bit too early in my own recovery so um, I only did that the once. I actually want to set up my own stroke support group for Different Strokes Charity because that's an online community that I have accessed and that's been amazing. Just being able to put questions on there about symptoms, if it's normal, if it's not. And I'm looking at hopefully setting up my own group because what I realised when I had my stroke in the area is it's not common to be young and have a stroke. And I don't think there's enough out there for younger people of working age who've had a stroke to support them. I'm not sure even how I came about them. I think I might have just been putting into Facebook stroke support groups and they came up. I accessed their online support forum um, and would daily read through everyone's stories. Really inspirational, people posting videos, you know, of their recovery, being able to walk again. I'd be able to post on there how I was feeling. I also, because I'd been told, obviously, it was really rare to be pregnant at that stage and have a stroke I did actually find another girl who was in Scotland who had had her stroke while she was 15 weeks pregnant so we were actually able then to kind of start messaging each other and supporting each other because she had to go through the rest of her pregnancy and was obviously very worried about having a stroke at the end of it. I still access it every day. I'll read stories, might not comment as much as I used to because I do feel like I'm in a better place with stroke now but it's something I'll always access. Carly also received lots of support from friends and family. None of them could believe it. They know that the full of life, energetic person that I was. But my husband was given about six weeks off from his work, who were amazing. He's a prison officer. So they actually were incredible because I just needed him at home for that first six weeks. And then my friends and family will help whenever I need it now. I'm a teacher, but years ago when I had my eldest, I went self-employed and I do 11 plus tuition um, because it works well around being a mum. And crazily, after two weeks of coming out of hospital, I carried on um, tutoring some of my tutees who would take their 11 plus test that month. I did this mainly because I was really worried that the stroke might have affected my ability to teach maths and English. And I also really wanted some normality. The stroke team weren't very happy that I was doing this two weeks within a stroke, but it actually kind of helped me realise that obviously I was going to be able to teach again. So I then took about four weeks off. I actually still then, I've been working um, tutoring children because it's only about 10 hours a week. And I really enjoy it and love it. And it takes my mind off of, you know, what's happened as well. I was never full time anyway. I mean, I used to do a lot more. But now that I've got baby, I will try and work as little as I can until maybe she starts school. And also, I don't think I'd actually be able to still work any more, do full time hours. I think I'd get really tired using my brain and just knowing that that part of my brain is OK and that, you know, I'm using it. I think it's really, really important. I've always loved my work. I'm not someone that's never enjoyed what I've done. So it has, I actually think, helped my recovery. I'm the kind of person that I've got some really, really good friends and I don't have lots and lots of friends, but my I've got some really close friends. They were all absolutely amazing. I think the one thing I might have struggled with was more people who I'd say more acquaintances or people would always say to me, well, you and still say to me now, well, look, Carly, you look absolutely amazing. You don't look like you've had a stroke. 
And that was kind of being said to me, you know, as soon as I came out of hospital, I found that quite frustrating. I have sensory issues. You shouldn't really judge people by kind of just how they look. I'm not sure that every stroke survivor looks the same, to be honest. I think I am still very much who I was. I'm quite a positive character. I just struggle with the fact that I was so energetic and I don't think I'll get that same energy level back, which is a shame because I think that's kind of what made me who I am. But I am out running again, which is making me feel pretty back to me a bit more, even if I do struggle afterwards because it obviously brings the fatigue on. But as long as I balance out my days and what I'm doing, I find it it's easier. It's just for someone that's like a bull in a china shop. It's really been quite difficult in that respect. I love my exercise. It's always been how I've dealt with anything like mental health wise. So um, it's a really, really, really important part for me. I think parents and bits worry that I'm running, but I kind of try and tell them I'm not doing anything. My stroke team have told me that I can't do. And all the years that I've been running and stuff, you know, I've never had a stroke while I was running. So I'm hoping to prevent another one as well. I actually did a 10k run for Stroke Association in March and that was kind of like my comeback run. That was quite tough and quite a slow time for me but I was trying to take it easy. The Sunday that just went I did another 10k and I'd managed to already knock like 10 minutes off my time. That was quite emotional. I've been in contact already with Stroke Association because I'm really hoping that they might give me a London Marathon place for next year because my aim is is to do another marathon next year. Otherwise, we have Lottie's christening in two weeks' time and both of the girls' birthdays on the same day on the 28th of August, but it will be my first year stroke anniversary the week before. So I think we're going to do something on that date to mark the day because I think once you get over a year, your risk factor of having another one drops quite a lot. So I think hopefully that's going to be feel like a good day. And finally, Carly believes that you have to be prepared for the bad days as well as the good ones. Being a stroke survivor, I think it can be extremely frustrating and I think you have to take each day as it comes. I think you need to expect that some days are going to be one day you could feel okay and the next day you could feel completely the opposite. It is a bit of a roller coaster ride like that. I think you need to set yourselves small targets of things you want to achieve and rest and sleep is just so important. I think symptoms are worse if you're tired and run down. So you have to really balance out what you're going to do. And if you've got plans, like I know now, not to do two big things two days in a row because it's too much for me. So I know I have to really spread out my kind of social calendar. And also I have to be careful with the amount that I work. And obviously even my exercise as well has to be fairly spread out. I think just understanding how much you need to rest and how important that is luckily my husband was amazing and still is it's just being there and supporting I find it harder to hear when people say to me oh you're not going to have another one don't worry about that you're not, there's no way you're going to have another one that, that that doesn't help because actually all you do think whatever well, I've had one it's happened so I might have another one so just be a bit more empathetic about about that um, I know it's great to try to be positive for someone but when all you think is, you know, you might have another one, I think, just to empathise. Carly has made an incredible recovery since her stroke. She and her newly extended family are continuing to thrive despite everything they've been through. If you'd like to learn more about stroke, search online for The Stroke Association. And if you'd like a dedicated webpage, search NHS Stroke. 
Please remember to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and rate and comment on the episodes you enjoy because that will help us spread the word. The Stroke Stories podcast was produced by Aidan Judd. I'm Mark Goodyear. Thank you for listening.